Welcome to the FinTech One-on-One Podcast, episode number 340. This is your host, Peter Renton, chairman and co-founder of Lended FinTech. Before we get started, I want to talk about the 10th annual Lended FinTech USA event. We are so excited to be back in the financial capital of the world, New York City, in person on May 25th and 26th. It feels like fintech is on fire right now with so much change happening, and we will be distilling all that for you at New York's biggest fintech event of the year. We have our best lineup of keynote speakers ever with leaders from many of the most successful fintechs and incumbent banks. This is shaping up to be our biggest event ever as sponsorship support is off the charts. You know you need to be there, so find out more and register at lendit.com. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome CJ McDonald. He is the founder and CEO of Step. Now, Step is a really interesting company. They basically provide a a free banking solution directed at teenagers. And this is personal for me because I'm the parent of two teenagers and one of my teenagers actually has been a a step customer for some time and really been helpful for our family in really helping good financial habits form. We talk about that and we talk about the financial literacy of teenagers and what they want, how you actually reach out to them, how you can connect with them. We talk a lot about the details of the step card and what makes it so unique. And we talk about why Step has decided they will not charging any fees, so everything is completely free. We talk about the new features they've launched and what is coming down the track. It was a fascinating interview. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, CJ. Thanks for having me, Peter. My pleasure. So let's kick it off by giving the listeners a little bit of background. I know this is not your first rodeo So why don't you tell the listeners some of the highlights of your career to date? Yeah, look, I've been doing early stage venture back startups for most of my career. Serial entrepreneur. I'm a builder. I love to build things and definitely a a zero to one guy. So starting things from scratch, you know, started working on step about three years ago and uh, my kids were a big inspiration for it. And we're building a banking platform for the next generation. Okay. So then you said your kids were a big inspiration. Like where did the idea for step actually come from? A few years back, I was looking for financial service products for my kids. I thought about my upbringing. My, my grandpa used to give my sisters and I these U.S. savings bonds, double mm-hmm. E paper certificates. And kind of religiously, every birthday, holiday, graduation, he would gift my sisters and I these savings bonds. And you know, I remember when my kids were a little bit younger, my parents would call me a couple days or in some cases a week before their birthdays or holidays. And it was always consistently, what can we get your kids for the holidays or their birthdays? And I remember just thinking, gosh, I wish there was a modern day savings bond similar to what grandpa used to give to us. And I started doing research. I was looking to see what was out there, you know, after doing a, a lot of research and doing a lot of focus groups and talking to families and kids and college students. I saw a big gap in the market with financial services for the younger generation. As I did more and more research, I got excited about disrupting, you know, traditional financial services for the next generation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great. So then why don't you just um, tell the listeners exactly what STEP is today and how it works? I think a good way to think about us is Venmo meets Chase or Wells Fargo for the next generation. 
I bring up Venmo because you look at kind of peer-to-peer and, and mobile transactions and kind of instant. And then you look at the traditional legacy financial institutions like Wells Fargo or Chase that offer FDIC insured bank accounts and typically uh, either credit cards or debit cards. We brought those worlds together. And so what Step offers is a banking platform to the next generation. All of our accounts are FDIC insured. All of our accounts have routing and account numbers. We have a mobile app that's geared towards the younger generation from a UI and a UX perspective. We built a secured Visa spending card. It's the only product in financial services that actually helps you establish and build a credit history before you turn 18, which is pretty unique in the marketplace. And as parents, we know how important that is to kind of set our kids up for success and start building a positive credit history. So when they go to get a loan or a cell phone or an apartment, they've got some history and and they're not getting gouged with higher rates. And then we built a P2P platform. So the ability to send and receive money instantly. And that's all built into this all-in-one solution. We've targeted our demographic initially as the under 18 demographic. We want to be that first bank account. We want to be that first secured card. And we ultimately, as a very mission and impact-driven company, want to empower and improve the financial future of the next generation. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about that for a second. The How do you think this generation, the teenagers of today, and at full disclosure, I have uh, two teenagers, a 13 and a 15-year-old, one of whom is... Uh, step user and very keen on the app. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But when you look at teenagers today, what's the state do you think of financial literacy in general? I mean, in our family, we talk about finance a lot. I'm in the industry as you are, but like you said, you've done focus groups with teens. What are they interested in when it comes to financial literacy? I mean, we'd love your perspective as well as a parent with teens, but we've talked to thousands and thousands of teens and we have lots of feedback right? We get feedback in in terms of what they like, what they don't like, features that they want to see. I think there's a few things that kind of jump out. This younger generation, first off, is kind of trained to just have instant gratification in life. You know, when you look at traditional banks, like even something as simple as cashing a check in the old days, it may take three days for that money to clear and actually hit your account. Like that's unacceptable for this younger generation. They want it now. They want instant. I think that's one thing. They're very entrepreneurial. You look at the access that they have today to, to content, to social media, and a lot of them, you know, they're creators. They're very smart and they're very creative in general. And, you know, they're coming up with things on, on social media. We have this creator program where people are creating content, you know, for us. And some of the work that's done is high quality and, you know, it's something that they, they give it a lot of thought. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of the younger generation, they may have seen their parents struggle or suffer like back in 2008 or whatnot, when the economy wasn't quite as strong as it is today. And things like debt and credit traditionally, I don't think are something that this younger generation really, it doesn't resonate with them. They're much more about experiences. For me, if I was going to build a product and a brand for a demographic that I am not, I really wanted to understand what was important to them. I personally spent a lot of time in the early days talking to teams and not just about money. A big part of our brand and a big part of our overall experience, we really lean into culture and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I think that money plays a big part just in general in culture and lifestyle. I wanted to understand, you know, what clothing brands they were wearing or they were attracted to, what music they were listening to, what games they were playing, you know, what their favorite restaurants were. There's a different lingo and language that the younger generation talks and they'll use terms or words that sometimes I have no idea what what it means, right? So 
really just understanding them as people and empowering them and giving them the tools to have a little bit, in our case, of financial independence with guardrails. So, you know, they can't get in trouble, but they can kind of learn from experience is something that we've just tried to lean into to connect with them and something that they can relate to. Right. It is interesting because, you know, I have a son and a daughter and my my daughter's very creative. It was really important to her to have a nice looking app, a nice looking card, actually. My son just, he wasn't interested. He wanted to stick with his Capital One account and we weren't going to, you know, make him sort of switch from that. But anyway, I want to dig into the step card. I got to admit, you know, actually, I heard you on Lex's podcast and made my kids listen to it. Uh, Lex Sokol and the, the FinTech Blueprint podcast. Uh, and so... We ordered up the card. I assumed it was just going to be a debit card like you get from most fintechs. So yours is not a debit card. It's a credit card. And I have a 13-year-old. And that's interesting that, I mean, it looks like a debit card. It functions like a debit card. I want to dig into that for a little bit. Can you just explain how it works? And was it really, the reason you did it was just purely so they could start a credit history? Or was there anything else behind it? You know, there was a lot of thought and, and reasons behind it, which I'm, I'm happy to kind of dive into. As a team, we thought about what we have in terms of our financial services and products. And I can only speak for myself, but I got my first bank account at Wells Fargo when I was young, when I was your kid's age, actually. It's still my core account today. Mm -hmm. I've got that that I've had for years as call it my core bank account slash checking account. My direct deposit goes through there. All of my bill pay goes through there. And then I got my first credit card when I went to college. I have religiously used that card for the last 20 years now for my day-to-day personal purchases. And then when I went into the workforce, I got an American Express card and I deemed that my business card and I started using that for business purchases. And then I opened up a brokerage account with E-Trade and then I got a wealth manager that I set up an account with for investments and kind of family planning. When Robinhood came out, I set up a a Robinhood account because it was kind of the, the new modern day trading and investing platform. And When you think about it, I had my core account, I would manually move money around. So every month I would have to pay off my credit card bill and I would have to move money from my Wells Fargo account to my Bank of America credit card. And there was a manual movement there, which I was very disciplined about making sure I made all my payments on time, but some people miss payments and then they start to damage their credit and some people just forget. And we started talking to people that have similar experiences in terms of their financial setup, where they've got maybe a credit card with one bank or company, and then a bank account with another and an investment platform with another. From a product perspective, we wanted to house all of that into one simple solution under one roof. Mm -hmm. So we thought a lot about the card and the account. For us, and for me personally, I don't really know that you need to have multiple cards unless you've got multiple credit lines that you're using. We thought, what if you just had one simple card? that could kind of function as your debit card or your credit card. And if you needed to go to an ATM and get cash out, you could do that with this card. If you needed to make a purchase, you could do that with this card. If you needed to borrow money or for us to extend credit to you, we could do that for you, right? And you don't need multiple cards. It could be one card that's your transaction card that you use that could be physical or could be digital. You know, Then we started thinking about it and we're like, well, when you go to get your first card, you apply for a credit card and you have no credit history. And you talk to people that immigrate in from other countries and stuff like that, that go try to buy a car, or sign up for a credit card, and they can't because they have no history. 
And so understanding the importance of credit history, we said, well, what if we designed a card that could help you establish and build credit at an earlier age? So you had a longer credit history. And when you turned 18, if you ever needed to go get credit or, or whatnot, you would just have more experience. And so we just spent a lot of time thinking about the user experience. And we also started thinking about the lifetime value of that customer and like future products that we were going to deliver. And ultimately landed on, why are we talking about checking accounts? Why are we talking about debit and credit cards? We built a deposit account that's FDIC insured. We built this, it's a secured spending card that runs on credit rails. Obviously, we're not going to extend credit to your kids who are under 18 years old. So we put guardrails, like I said, and you know protection around it so they can't overspend. There's no overdraft fees. And we could start to teach them kind of money one-on-one basics and educate them about both building credit and balancing spending and saving money and stuff like that. And specific to the card, we innovated and, and built this you know new type of secured card that we today secure against your deposit balance at Step. Mm-hmm. If your kids have $100 in their Step account, they can only spend $100. When they spend $10 at Starbucks, we pull $10 from their account and now they can only spend 90 To be honest with you, you and, and many other people, you kind of just sign up and you think it's a debit card. We haven't really leaned as much into the credit building aspect yet. Right. But you know, we're starting to because it's really important. And now that we've built the product out more, it's more appropriate to kind of like start talking about what we do. It's a little sensitive because like it's not a traditional credit card. So if we just say, hey, it's a credit card that builds credit, like as a parent, you may say, I'm not giving my kid it. 13 years old, a credit card, right. they could get in trouble. They could damage their credit. They could overspend, which that is not the case here. We're very disciplined and diligent about ensuring that you could kind of get the best of all worlds and we could help guide your kid as well as help them build positive credit. Right, right. So to be clear though, like the transactions, you're not reporting. I don't think you can have a credit bureau record at 13, right? When do you start reporting to the credit bureaus? You can't at 13, and we don't actually report until your child turns 18. Okay. But we can report years of history. And while they're using it, you know, when they're 14, 15, they are actually accumulating and building a positive credit history. And then when they turn 18, we give the option would you like us to report this? All geared towards why wouldn't you? It's all positive credit, and all you're going to do is have a longer credit history. Right. We can report to the bureaus. And like I said, your kids have a running head start in terms of building credit compared to other people that are not on step. Right. So you can report a credit line that's five years old when they turn 18. Is that right? You can't do five years. Starting at 16, you can report up to two years of history. Okay. That's good. So I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about influencer marketing, which you uh, you touched on earlier. And I feel like you really have some big names here. My daughter came to me and said, uh, oh, look, Charlie D'Amelio is on TikTok talking about step. And if you don't know who Charlie D'Amelio is, you need to ask a teenager because every teenager in the country knows who she is pretty much. So tell us a little bit about your approach to influencer marketing and what's the thinking there? So I mentioned like we really wanted to lean into culture and lifestyle in general. And your daughter is a great example. She saw Charlie D'Amelio on TikTok. She obviously followed Charlie. She knew who Charlie was. And we wanted to connect with your daughter. And how can we connect with your daughter? Well, social media is a great outlet where she spends some level of time consuming content. And our 
thought was if we could provide engaging, relevant, hopefully educational content that is entertaining, and then somehow surface our brand to where your daughter goes to you exactly like she did and says that Charlie D'Amelio mentioned Step or Charlie D'Amelio is using Step or Charlie D'Amelio is creating content around Step. That's something that starts a discussion in your household, which is exactly what we wanted and exactly how we drew it up. Most large traditional financial services, with no disrespect to them, like if I said the name Charlie, they would probably think it's Charlie Schwartz from Wells Fargo, who's the CEO, <laughs> right? Like, but you know, Charlie D'Amelio is a 17-year-old. She comes from a great family, and her parents really instilled a lot of things in their girls, but ultimately one of them that they talked about in their household was financial literacy. And so it was really core to them and, and core to her. And, you know, we met Charlie back when she was 15 years old. Charlie D'Amelio has 120 million followers on TikTok right. globally. And she's got 40 million followers on Instagram. Whether people like her or not, you know, anyone that knows her loves her, but whether people like her or not, most of our demographic knows who she is. And I think it's a discussion starter, which is exactly what we want. We didn't stop there. We, we partnered with her. You know, she's an investor in the company. She's a great partner in the journey. We partnered with several other social media, you know, influencers and content creators. And like I said, we'll create content that's engaging. We'll create content that's educational and hopefully be included in, in discussions and the thought process around just in general, financial literacy and financial education. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So then... Beyond that, though, how else are you getting the word out about STEP? Yeah, I mean, a number of ways. I mean, we have a lot of organic traffic where people are talking about it just because it's a great product. You mentioned influencers. We partner with several influencers. We're very active just in general across social media. We've got a referral program where your daughter and her friends can refer and tell their friends about STEP. And we think that when you have a good product and people are engaged, the ability to kind of just refer your friends is, is a great customer acquisition, as well as referral opportunity. Those are the main ways. There's not one single thing that's like worked for us. I think it's been a combination of just building a great product, building a great team, building a great brand, and really putting the customer first in all cases. We're customer obsessed here, and, and we want to provide a great customer product and experience. Right, right. A couple of products that you announced, it was earlier this month, uh, Step Savings Goals and Instant Cash Deposits. I know my uh, and my daughter latched on to step savings goals immediately. I think it was the day it came out and she set up a savings goal. She wants to buy an Apple Watch. She's putting money away every month to that goal. Tell us a little bit about the thinking behind those two new features. We wanted to ultimately kick off 22. You know, a lot of people start setting goals and, and thinking about ways that they can make changes in their lives. And some people hold those goals and stick to them throughout the year and some don't. But with money, that's one of those things that a lot of people start thinking about in the new year. And we wanted to launch the ability for someone like your daughter to create savings goals. So part of it's educational. You don't just get an Apple watch because you want an Apple watch. It's like, if that's what you want, you got to save for it. Mm -hmm. Set aside some money each month. I love that she's doing that. That's exactly why we built it. Hopefully she's learning. And as a family, you're talking to her about it a little bit. And then she may come out in a month or two and say she wants a new iPad and you can say, hey, well, look, you can save up for that, but you got to decide, do you want or need one? And you said you wanted an Apple Watch and let's go continue to save up for that if that's what you really want. Right. We launched savings goals. We've had nominal response of our customers setting them up and families talking about things. And then the other thing that we launched was the ability to deposit cash instantly into your step account. And so these two features were 
the two most requested features that we got from our users in 2021. A lot of our demographic got cash when they were younger or have cash and they have no way before to deposit it into their step accounts as we don't have traditional branches. So now you can go into 65,000 retail locations like 7-Eleven or CVS or Walgreens and you can hand a $20 bill to the clerk and scan a barcode on our app and it instantly puts $20 into your step account. Right. Great. Great. So it's interesting to me that you decided to not charge a fee. Like there was no fee involved in getting the, the card or anything else, it seems. So, uh, you know, some of your competitors, uh, I think all of your competitors that I can see most of them anyway, charge fees. Why did you decide to not charge a fee for your product? Yeah, look, it was a hard decision because the reality is, again, I'll use your kids as an example because they're prime target for us. A lot of teenagers, they don't make a lot of money. They don't spend a lot of money. And so something as simple as shipping out a card to your daughter, that costs us money, right? We have to print the card, we have to ship the card, we have to send it to your family. For us, it was really important to be thoughtful and and figure out a way to not have to charge. It didn't feel right to have to charge a fee to your family or to your daughter for something as standard as her first bank account or her first card. And traditional banks are wired to charge monthly fees or put a minimum balance intact. It's a very traditional model that we were looking to break. And our goal is to build a long-term relationship with your family and to start them off young and give them a great product and not charge them and hopefully grow with them. And there's other ways to make money. We look at it from a long-term lens versus a short-term lens. I think a lot of card companies and I think a lot of financial institutions, both traditional banks, as well as some of the newer fintechs that are charging fees are thinking shorter term. How do you make money then? We make money in a few different ways. One of the ways we make money is through interchange. Visa pays us a network fee at the end of the day per transaction. And to be clear, that is a way that we generate revenue today. We're not looking to build a long-term business off of interchange, but you know, it is something that we do ultimately capitalize on today. And it, it allows us to not have to charge your family a, a monthly fee. We'll be looking to come out with some additional products along the way that in addition to what we're doing today, will ultimately generate revenue for our company. Right, right. Okay. You know, I sat down with my daughter a few days ago when I said we were, I was talking to you and asked her what new features she would like to see. And the first one she said she wanted to be able to invest. And I believe that's coming when we chatted a a few months ago, you said that was on the roadmap. And um, the other thing she said was peer-to-peer payments. She wants to be able to pay her friends and not all her friends obviously have step and she'd like to have a way to, to pay her friends. So maybe you could talk about those two things, um, talk a little bit about the investing and, and what you thought about her second idea. First of all, if your daughter ever has any other suggestions or feedback, I'd love to hear them. Okay. We take customer feedback seriously and it sounds like your daughter's got some great ideas and, and I love the energy and the enthusiasm. So Please keep bringing ideas as she brings them to you, or if you have any ideas as parents. To answer your question, investing is obviously something that is important, and and I think that's also part of your financial journey and part of financial education. If you're fortunate to have some money to invest, it can be a great outcome to not only learning, but investing in yourself, investing in your daughter's future family. You can expect to see investing built into our product at some point this year. In terms of P2P and sending money with her friends that might not have step, we do have a a P2P product today. We've made several iterations to that over the course of the past year, and we'll continue to make additional improvements and add features and stuff to our P2P platform. But 
Today, your daughter can send and receive money on step with her friends. She's got a URL and, and a QR code that's built into her app that she can share with her friends. She can refer friends to get on step and make money. Hopefully, she starts taking advantage of that. And you know, as more and more people sign up for step, we're about to cross 3 million users here. Hopefully, it's uh, more of her friends are on it and they, they use that to send and receive money with each other. Right, right. Okay, so... We're running out of time, but a couple more things I really want to get to. You've got really two demographics here you have to target. You you can't just target kids. You also have to target parents. So how do you balance like being cool, which my daughter definitely thinks this is a cool app and she likes the whole look and feel of it, and then the trust that's needed with parents who want to be able to trust that this is a good app for their kids? It's definitely a delicate balance. We want to be cool and, you know, hip. So your daughter thinks that, right? But at the same token, we want you as a parent to trust us and give the stamp of approval that this is the best product for my for my kids as well. And it's just something that I'd say you really have to balance those two things. Hopefully from a product perspective, Things like the fact that our product helps you build credit, things like the fact that we're not charging a monthly fee. You know, we take security very seriously. All of our accounts are FDIC insured. These are things that maybe your daughter's not as privy to or doesn't care as much about as like you as a parent. But that's why we did all these things so we can kind of build that trust factor with you as a parent. And then ultimately, like I said, still be the the cool and connect with your daughter in terms of the brand and ultimately the product. Mm-hmm. I think we continually balance it. I wouldn't say we've perfected or anything. We've got a lot of work to do there to continue to build trust. You know, with, with parents, we don't take that lightly. We hold ourselves to the highest regard. We've got to tailor to both uh, demographics. Right, right. I want to talk about your investors because you have some pretty big names. Um, you know, you've got people like Steph Curry, Alex Rodriguez, the, the former baseball player. You've got Will Smith, the actor. I mean, how... How do you get on all these people's radar? I've had relationships with some of them for years. Some of them I met, you know, when I was starting Step. All the, the names that you mentioned are investors and they're also parents. What we're doing related to them as a parent and as people. For us, we lean into culture, we lean into lifestyle and kids know who Steph Curry is. Parents know who Steph Curry is. Like most people know him as a phenomenal basketball player. I know him as a great human being, a phenomenal golfer. <laughs> a great all-around guy, a father, a husband. Someone like him relates to a parent or a kid looks up to him. Someone like Will Smith. I mean, Will Smith has teenage kids. He's a parent. Most people know him as an actor. At the end of the day, like, I mean, if you follow him on social media, he's very creative. He creates awesome content. He's very relatable to a teen or a parent. Mm -hmm. Someone like Alex Rodriguez, he's a parent, phenomenal baseball player. He's also like, a very, very smart businessman. And he's done a lot of business ventures over his career. And with life after basketball, he has a little bit more time to lean into that. And so we were very thoughtful in terms of our cap table and finding investors that, you know, ultimately related to our story and our mission and to have their support and backing is awesome. And it's something that we don't take lightly there either. Right, right. So last question then, I mean, you have touched on it already, but maybe you could tease out some of the things that are on your roadmap here for, or at least what you're planning for 2022. I mentioned our mission is to improve the financial future of the next generation. So everything we do has that kind of mindset of, you know, educating our users. So we'll continue to, you know, expand our educational efforts. 
and really lean into that. We'll continue to add features and improve the product and the platform that you see today. We think that that's really important. We think a lot about ultimately, let's just take your daughter, for example, her journey, you know, when she goes off to college, what products and services might she need? How do we continue to be relevant with her when she goes off to college? So we think a lot about, I mentioned the lifetime value of of our customers and building that long-term relationship. And so we'll continue to expand our product offerings to stick with teens throughout every step in their financial journey and build a trust and, and relationship and a strong foundation with them today. So hopefully for years to come, we've got an awesome relationship and partnership with the teens. Right. So I did say it was my last question, but I got one more follow-up just to close. Your plan is not just to have you know an app for teens, but you said take them off into college and into their adulthood. You talk about your in fact you've had the same bank account for decades. Is your goal then to be able to serve these teens of today as adults and beyond? Is that is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Our goal is to start young and grow with them each step of their journey in life. That's why we don't want to charge fees and have them graduate when they turn 18. We really want to build a relationship with them and we want to build a strong foundation for them and we want to guide them on their financial journey and we want to educate them about money basics. And hopefully with some of the the tools and education that we provide, it can limit or reduce the number of mishaps and mistakes that people like myself made growing up, not having access to some of this stuff. Another reason why, just to kind of you know double down on the fee part, I think a lot about financial inclusion. So I think about like underserved communities and, and people that might not have access to a bank account or a card or the ability to build credit, and they don't have $5 a month or $10 a month to pay for a bank account. And being able to enable different communities and specifically underserved communities is something that I'm passionate about and as a company we're passionate about to be able to to guide millions of people in the in the world. All right. Well, it's it's a noble mission uh, CJ. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. You know, I think the work that companies like Step are doing is just so important. I mean, if we can have teenagers today become financially literate, that we are going to be in so much better shape as a country in the years ahead. The tools are there today. We really have easy to use tools. And the Step app is very intuitive and simple to do the basics of moving money back and forth um, between parent and child. I can attest to that directly. More than that, I feel like kids want to learn about money through their phone. That's just the reality. They want to basically learn how to develop good habits. They don't want to learn bad habits. And I think the way to reach them is creating the tools they need that they can use every day that really help encourage good financial behavior. And that's that's what we're trying to do in our family. I think the Step App is, uh, is really helpful there. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening, and I'll catch you next time. Bye.